blowjob cafes with robots and women lopping their hair off after Trump. Is it the end of the world or is this liberation? TNA weigh in with Natasha Chandel from the podcast Kinda Dating. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Welcome to episode 128, because sex isn't ever just about sex. Hallelujah. I know, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Sex is a good, I like to talk about it like a conversation. It's a physical body conversation. What do you want your partner to know? Yes. I don't know what to go, where to go with that. Uh, Yes, yes. All right. Well, (laughs) well, what's, what's going on? Do we have any, you know, Orders of business before we get started well, on our I'm, juicy topics. I'm getting ready to depart soon on my um, Euro adventure. Whee! You guys were writing. I'm going to be hauling away for almost three months writing my first book on sexuality, talking actually kind of about this topic uh, with this whole Trump hair fiasco thing, which really actually both these topics really get under my skin. And so anyway, so I'm going to be writing a book about um, some of this stuff and uh if you guys want to follow me on the journey, I'm going to be posting on my social media, um, on my private social media and stuff and posting videos here and there about, you know, snippets that I'm writing about or questions that I have. Um, so if you want to go along with me on that journey and uh, see what's happening over in Europe, um, then go to my website, stephanieallen.com, and you can follow me there and also sign up for the newsletter so you can stay up to date and you get a free video where I share the number one thing you can do to transform your sex life, which you can only find by signing up for the newsletter. That's exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'll be holding the camp down here doing interviews. You'll be fine. Why don't, yeah, we're going to be we chatting organized well. foot fetishes and things by myself. <laughs> yeah, she's going to take over. I won't be here to defend myself, you guys. So you you have to chime in and make sure that all sides of the conversation, <laughs> whatever she brings up, we're being met. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. But I, w- I will Women be checking with pubic in. Women hair unite. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I will be checking in, though, and I will be sn- I'll be sending snippets from Europe and uh, joining you guys for little um, check-ins here and there. So I won't be totally out of the picture. No. Um, yeah, I feel like that's that's no no other updates. What's 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 going? What's your four minutes of five minutes of foreplay? My five minutes what's, of foreplay check in. What's going on with you right now? Yeah, you know it's it's uh, it's funny dating in the in this post era phase. Uh, I'm still having Trist in my car. It's hilarious. I've <laughs> still. Well, look, we I your nicknamed car. it I nicknamed it Inspiration Point because this particular oh. character that I've been going on dates with, Christina, that's fantastic. It's hysterical. Yeah, he well, he works a lot, and so he's like he'll say, "Okay, let's go to dinner," and I'm thinking, "Okay, good, we'll have the whole evening." And then he has something that comes up. He goes, "I have to go back, and these contracts have to be done," and, blah, and so so he he very strategically. It's very funny. He always Ubers, and then he's like, "Can you drop me off at the office?" Oh, well, because you primed him, you programmed him. It's like the Pavlovian bell. Yes, yeah, I wonder, I- are you? Guys gonna be able to have sex not in the car I like don't know. maybe you won't be maybe it won't be well, as hot i'm very wow. i'm i'm curious too wow. and this is kind of the point this keeps happening in a way that i i sort of think well now i just want to kind of hold off and wait and i want to make sure that we're in a stable place and like what kind of decisions am i making before i have sex with this person i mean this is one of the one of the people i've wait. made wait the longest and i think it is tied to the instability of what's happening politically <laughs> Like there is like a pussy close up effect. It's you're just like, I don't know. I feel unstable and I need to know I can trust you. But okay, apart from the political environment, your whole life is a little like that right now. Well, yeah, everything's unstable. (laughs) So it's not just politics, baby. It's it's related to it. Okay, I mean, there's just it just means that your life is reflecting the outside political environment. Yeah. Hmm. I think that happens Hmm. more often than not. And I've, I've had conversations with friends where they go. It was actually, I remember when the economic crash happened um, so many years ago now, uh, but I, I had a cousin who said, you know, oh, I feel I've been really like going through this kind of depressed phase. Now, he's someone who's always been tuned in. He was almost like a Nichols, uh, not Nichols, sorry. Um, oh, God. The, oh, he was a he was a Rhodes Scholar, semifinalist, like really sh- sharp guy. And I said, well, you're depressed because of the economy. And he went, oh, my God, I never thought of that. I said, yeah, yeah, it actually trickles into your daily life. You know, sure. there's, there's well, a cultural energy. 
Yeah, I guess. Although I was just thinking about this recently and I was like, you know, it's so funny that, you know, everyone gets affected by the economy. And I feel like I live in a bubble where I could give a, I, like, I, why, why doesn't it affect me? I, d- I don't get it. Like, I, maybe well, because I don't have assets. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm not like <laughs> watching the market being like, oh my God. That's exactly what it is, as it turns out. <laughs> you know what? That is li- like, why the fuck would I look? You want to have free? assets then? You want to be free? <laughs> Don't own anything, okay? <laughs> like uh, what's like Janis Joplin yeah. says. Janis yes. Joplin says, you guys, "Bobby McGee." I'm the winning. Bobby McGee song. I'm winning. I don't know. Look, freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's not free? My pussy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This is new for our listeners, oh, as so you funny. all know. I'm blushing. Oh, God. certainly a 180 from Burning Man. Well, um, I have had three <laughs> emotional breakdowns. You have this week. Hey, all good though. You know, you break down and you rebuild. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's all around. This is like the worst foreplay. I'm of the t- year. You guys want to know? I, just, I know what's going what's on. What's going on? You know, I'm teasing. La- some other. It's either you have sex with four guys in a week, or you have emotional breakdowns. I, you know, they happen. <laughs> you're on the game. Getting real in the foreplay. Uh, so, but uh, you know, I, and I also want to say, me sharing that, you know, I think. Well, what what about the breakdowns? Says, I don't want to go. It, it, it's five minutes of foreplay, not fifty. But yeah, but, <laughs> but quickly, what? Um, I mean, it's it was it's related to it's related to um, the way I've set up relationships with people in my life, non sexual, um, where I I like um, the expectations, not expectations so much as like re- like it's a, it's been this theme the past year or six months especially of like seeing more and more how much I'm giving out and how much I am actually uh, how much value I'm actually providing. And how much I'm not getting in return. So it's a dilute, like I'm seeing the delusion. Like I've deluded myself into thinking that there's value in these friendships and relationships <sighs> when like reality is hitting me in the face with action. Yeah. And yeah. it's saying, nope. And and so it is genuinely heartbreaking. The most heartbreaking thing about it is not the disappointment from them. It's more, it's the disappointment from myself that I've deluded myself. So it's been a big wake up call and I've never, like, I don't cry that hard, like heaving, like, you know, like from the depths of your soul, like years of like values. But, yeah. But crying but is, good. is the pro is the process. So yeah, crying yeah, yeah. is a good sign. Cause you're, you're channeling like the truths. I was, I totally have it's been the only processing. Way so, so it's very good. Um, so that's, that's my extent. That's my five minutes. Program. No, I think that's can so we, valuable. Cause for our listeners, you can know, we talk about Trump. Yeah, of course. Well, and, and our guest, Natasha Chandel. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And, uh, and from the podcast, Kind of Dating, which yes. we were also on this past month. So you guys can mm-hmm. go check out that, that episode. Yeah. Where we talk about chemistry in general. It uh, was such a good conversation. We had oh, so, so much fun. fun with you. I had a lot of guys message me and oh, be like, what a great episode. I was like, of course oh, it great. was. Really? That's <laughs> like so fun. Having, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hearing a whole bunch of girls just talk about sexual chemistry and <laughs> yeah but you know I loved um I, and hopefully it was helpful to your male listeners about because yeah. we hit on that thing of kind of the nuances of how women think and yeah. how we are kind of coming at it with all these layers yeah and it's almost like hey boys get your checklist ready and you know you go through the list of like did I cover all these bases to win her over <laughs> yeah and just like even the difference between what we were talking about chemistry and compatibility and and I think like even for me I learned Oh shit! There is a difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a great. It was a great. Yeah. Uh, we got deep. Guys. We did we get deep. deep. Yeah, it helped we lay it out. It, like it was like, oh, okay, channels of action. Like right. if you have clarity, then you can make choices. Yeah, yeah. and and so you guys, um, you can follow her at Kind of Dating, right? Yes. Everywhere. Yeah, on all the socials. Yeah. Okay, and then on iTunes, just Kind of Dating. So mm-hmm. yeah, are you excited to talk with us about Trump and blowjob cafes? Because I, I can't <laughs> wait to get. I, I think the two go to well, together really nicely as well. I, that's true. Ironically, actually. oh god. Yeah. Okay, so first, so it's so funny, actually, because T and I, we found, I found the hair article, and then I, I messaged T, and I was like, oh my god, this, look what is happening, this is deplorable, the women chopping off their hair, and then she responded with the blowjob, she was like, oh my god, I just read this article, and yeah. I'm like, done. <laughs> yeah, I said, it's funny, this is what's on my mind. Okay, uh, so, so. Let's start with, what, okay, what so, are we talking about? Right, what are we talking about? So I read, so there's this article that came out, uh, you know, I found it on Facebook, but whatever, it's from The Cut, is the, the play, online place where you can find it. It's written by Heidi Mitchell, and we don't have to read through it. Basically, the summary is that 
uh, all these salons in D.C. are um, seeing all these women like like literally November was like the quietest month ever. And then all of a sudden they're just slammed with women wanting drastic changes like like chopping off the hair chopping off like six inches or more like going from blonde to black and black to blonde and just like crazy so it's called the post trump haircut it came out december 5th there wasn't a general tone of the article i don't think in terms of like whether it's good or bad good or bad i think it was i mean i liked the article points out a lot about uh about women seeming to want to take control in some way and how Mm -hmm. hair cutting or changing your hair is a way of feeling in control when there's something outside of your control that that takes a sharp turn or change um but i think it really highlights how um traumatic the experience is for women and women of color or lgbt backgrounds or i mean the full gamut everyone's and i mean i think the the article is uh even though I'm sure it's happened all around the country, but it was a focus on D.C. And that was interesting because those women openly do connect a lot more to the political atmosphere. And so they must feel even more out of control. Like, And the article mentioned it being forced to sort of now walk by every day the, uh, you know, the White House, which is now going to be housed by their enemy yeah exactly (laughs) well someone who yeah doesn't seem to show them much respect well yeah i mean so this one woman in the article juliana evans said uh, who was a patron she was one of the ones who lopped her hair off uh said you have to you have to live here to understand that we are immersed in politics every day for many of us with this election it's like your boyfriend dumped you in a really shocking way with no explanation and moved in next door (laughs) <laughs> she That's says awful. now i feel like my hair says you can't bring me down this misogyny will not persevere i, I am woman hear me roar it kind of makes me want to barf it doesn't make me want to barf i think it's i was going to say it reminds me of this how our how we represent ourselves in our physical and mm-hmm. i had i just had an, a conversation with someone about this um she works with a girl who works as a dominatrix and all this stuff and about how you represent your gender and how you represent what you believe in physically Right. So so you are sending a message. And also the same way that Trump and Melania are now president or presumably, you know, anyway, president and, and president elect. And thank you. Yeah. And the first, first lady, lady. Um, they are now symbol. And mm-hmm. I think that was I mean, that's such an interesting thing because people go, well, does he as an individual really believe this? But the problem with someone like that is is to take the role of presidency is to become a symbol, Mm -hmm. is to say, I want the job of being a public symbol. And so now I do represent like movements like white supremacy, whether he himself believes that or not, somehow now represents that. So people don't want to, women don't want to be the aesthetic of Melania. Mm -hmm. You know, that that came up in the article. Yeah. Because symbolically she represents whatever people want to say about her. Well, let me ask you guys something. So for me... For me, the thing is that, and I say this a lot in the shows, but and this to me just epitomizes it, but I feel like with the gender environment of the world right now, as we're, you know, women are fighting to be equal and more equal and whatnot, um, I feel like a lot of it is happening at a cost of our femininity. And I feel like the way a lot of women are trying to achieve that equality means that they are literally like mutilating their femininity in order to become the strong thing so i feel like that's why i sort of it really irks me and scares me this article because i'm like okay great now trump is happening how whatever i mean political notions aside Mm -hmm. but like so the response is to destroy our femininity even more and negate it and turn away from it even more and turn even more toward warlike masculine qualities because I, and and I think you're mentioning that because part of the article said that uh, some women were coming in and doing drastic cuts where they said I don't want to look like uh, sort I of don't. a female version. They wanted to go more for like the harsh and let's just you know put it out there the uh, the symbol of what or what the or kind of the the to me it's a symbol of austerity of of Hillary Clinton right okay. like short oh, hair kind of that vibe that was rejected in a way that she wasn't feminine enough and so and so i think women in rebellion are trying to 
emulate her. Wow. No, I appreciate that, Natasha. I didn't even read it as that. But Which, there is that. I, well, I would also note they did talk about dying hair dark. Well, they did both. There's dark hair going light but, and light hair going but, dark. But that the reason I mentioned that, it goes back to what you were saying about women shying away from the femininity. And when people tell me about Hillary, especially, I tell them, you're, you know, what I feel bad for her specifically about as a 60 something year old female in America. Postmenopausal. Exactly. Well, it's, not, it's just that, of course, she looks the way she does and had to, to dress the way she did because she came from a generation where women were not allowed to be feminine Feminine, to be taken seriously so she had to put on a suit jacket she had to cut her hair short she had to talk like in a stern way and not show emotion now we've progressed and and are in a different place but seeing somebody like her get rejected and sort of bullied for that is now making us become that become that because we're trying to you know it's sort of it freaks me out though like i feel like that's a step backward i agree with you that that what hillary's generation is like i get it like it's all stages and and they did have to you know Mm -hmm. put on the shoulder pads and play Mm -hmm. that man game and now thank god i think we're entering a more synthesis stage um so Though it's still tough, you know, uh, and I mean, in the business world, my day job um, working in networks, I've had talks with my bosses to say, I feel like I get judged because I come in dressed in a certain way and my hair in a certain way. And I like to I, I have a very tomboyish essence about me, but on the outside, I still like to dress up like a girl. And and I don't like being harsh and yelling and being rude and any of those. Right, I know, don't want to raise quotes. my volume very, to be like, heard. very classic masculine qualities. I don't have that in me to do that. And sometimes I felt like I wasn't taken seriously. And I was like, or, do I have to be this bitch for people to, mm, right. you know, respect me? Um, when I was a director on set for shows that I've produced. Do you feel like, wait, do you, do you feel like it's, you mean using your voice? Like I said something, why do I need to yell it? Or, or just, you know, be example, if I were on set and I was a female director, um, I've had male crew members question my judgment more than once knowing that I was right about it. Um, and I only bring it back to, because then I felt like shit, do I have to talk in a certain way for them to, right. Like do say I have in to a certain look, tone. Oh yeah. Do I have to, to look a certain way for them to take me seriously? To say don't to question me. That, hey, I actually know what I'm talking about guys. I went to university for this shit and have had over 15 years. <laughs> Plus the fact that you're just like, the director. So shut you. the fuck up. And do it. Exactly. Well, well, I will, well, can I just say uh, that okay. I think that uh, like, uh, you know, not, I think it's also a matter of, in terms of that issue, like, we're not used to having feminine mm-hmm. qualities in these situations, especially in film where it's dominated yeah. by men's, you know, you're right, men and masculine leading qualities. So I think there is going to be some growing pains and also men understanding mm-hmm. how the feminine approach to work and, and leading almost tuning layers. Like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they've, they've literally, it's been centuries without mm-hmm. it. So, you know, I don't know. (laughs) But I'm saying that I think that that's why some women did feel such a... uh, uh, Backlash, strong reaction. Yeah, you know, such a strong reaction to the Trump thing. In my opinion, I find it interesting because I think Hillary looks really feminine and I've seen lots of posts on Instagram and stuff where she looks feminine when she was younger and and like a beautiful woman in the political arena. She She reminds me of my mom. Like, women cut their hair as they grow older because it's hard to manage fucking long hair i will too yeah well even more than that i mean your hair's thinner like there's all kinds yeah. of hormonal changes anyway i i just found it interesting like yeah. we're jumping to this idea of it not be but i'm not being feminine but i i think that well, she actually I'm, does. I'm of the camp that sh- i don't find her feminine at all and i'm not just talking about what she's wearing i meant visually like I, i'm not yeah. talking i'm talking about everything visually mm-hmm. and and it's not just because she's 60 you know and not 25 like i'm not i'm not stupid i can like make yeah, a judgment yeah. but but whatever. I mean, I, I think it's anyway. I don't want to get into politics. It's 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 well, okay. But we are talking politics. No, so. but I don't. The point is not to talk about politics. It's not like my opinion of whether or not Hillary is feminine versus yours. Like I don't. It's not a yeah. okay. Why I, I think it does matter. We're talking about Trump, and we're talking about no. Um, I don't want to. And we're talking about what they no, symbolize. There's no end to that argument, Christina. So but we don't I don't think there's going to be an end to the argument. We're having an open-ended discussion about an article. I'm, I'm just sharing that I'm on the other end of the Hillary spectrum where. 
I'm not a Trump. I'm a neither supporter. But um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but so do you, do you think like? But you were uh, you were also upset that people that women were doing this more so because you felt like they were we were rejecting our yes yes and this is what scares me femininity and response and so this is what i'm saying like if if you're if if we're so scared about getting our choice taken away and whatnot i don't know i mean I, I, I don't i don't think throwing anything out of balance especially even further i meaning the balance of masculinity and femininity within ourselves I don't think going out of balance is going to solve any solution. I think it's just going to make it worse. And think about our poor fucking guys. Like they, they're like, or if we turn out to all these like dykish strong women, what's going to happen at home? Like there's, it's just, uh, I felt like I was following you until that last comment, but I, I look, I agree. We have to take a break shortly, but I, I just want to, Oh, how could that, how could that not fall into the bedroom? If you've got women who are taking on super, in fact, I get, I hear yeah, about it why from clients all the time. Why doesn't she have a right to express there? I, look, I agree that they that shouldn't it, be re I think I agree with you that it's reactionary. And anytime something's reactionary, you're not taking the time to make a wise decision. Right. I mean, that's hopefully the, the, hopefully people who do end up uh, doing something in reaction, might stray away from themselves for a little while and hopefully they'll find their way back to to themselves like I'm when I read that article actually reminded me and even though it's completely different it reminded me a a year and a half ago I went through a really horrible like breakup with this crazy guy who was driving me nuts for a year and and for the first time I've had pitch black hair my entire life never done anything to it and just generally like never did much to myself and that area and um one day just was like fuck this shit and i uh you know started drinking which i never drank before and i started going and and i made my hair almost blonde and and it was like complete drastic change and i did it for like a year in almost rebellion of everything and i was like fuck the world i'm gonna find myself (laughs) and then like literally like almost a year later i was like all right i'm good i I know who i am and i just came back to that's interesting dark hair and who i am and sometimes you know as they say you have to lose yourself to find yourself right and so maybe this is just those women who feel just such pain and sometimes you just need to show something like again a reaction just show that they have some control and hopefully because you know at the end of the day it's still a spiritual process all of the stuff that we do whether it's cutting your hair off or you know sometimes buying a car because i made a whole bunch of money whatever it is like i'm going through a crisis it's all spiritual so hopefully they'll find their way back i i agree with you wise words um we are going to take a break when we come back i found some really interesting things about the meaning of hair Mm. um that i i wanted to share with you guys um that actually talks about the men in society as well Okay, so yeah, yeah. Uh, did you want to mention yeah. the videos or yeah, yeah, yeah. Go you can go to um, to follow me on my European adventure while I'm writing this uh, this book. You guys can go to my website stephanieallen.com to follow me on social and and um, make sure you're staying in touch with me so I can share all my videos and whatnot with you. Also, uh, get in your questions before the end of the month. Next week we'll do our advice episode. I keep saying next week it's not next week it's actually at the end of the month month. (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the month write us at advice at tatalksex.com and we will answer your questions at the end of the month uh you're listening to tna talk sex we're with natasha chandel from kind of dating podcast i'm t and i'm a We're back with TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Okay, heated discussion. <laughs> <laughs> the post-Trump haircut. Right. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, well, we disagree. On, I, mean, I don't know if it's disagreement, okay. but we, anyway, we, I feel like a lot of things we agree on in the show, and so it's always like the same. It's good to disagree. I know it is. So I came across this article a while ago about the potential impact our hair has on our ability to relate to our environment and possibly each other. And so when I read the Trump article, I thought about this study or this article and a potentially deeper impact these women lopping their hair off might have beyond just a symbolic gesture. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, how do you know, how does the decision to make that symbolic 
gesture affect, yeah, affect our personal lives. Right. And so the story goes that during the Vietnam War, the U.S. Army recruited Native Americans for the war. Um, and they were scouts that were very like superhumanly skilled at scouting. And when they went through the after they went through the recruitment process and were out in the field, they stopped performing. And they went through the normal process where, you know, they go through the army and they get their hair cut off and, you know, just the normal recruit process. And once they're in the field, they they stopped performing and it was having really catastrophic results. And so the army invested some money and supposedly did this study where they compared the um, the uh, ability, the performance of a Native American who they allowed to keep their hair um, and the Native Americans that whose hair they cut off. And consistently, the ones who had their hair cut off could not perform and the ones who did have hair were just continued to perform in the same way they did back home and when they were questioned the indians who had their hair cut off said that they reported feeling like they just didn't have any they didn't have any ability to sense anything like when someone was approaching they just felt disconnected and they couldn't like hear or see or feel as much as they could before. So was there a conclusion, though, about... The conclusion was that they let the Native Americans keep their hair, and the Native Americans said, they would just say, I don't know, all I can say is that when you shave my head, I feel like like there's a part of me that can't sense, and mm-hmm. I can't feel the environment. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then there's a lot of other sort of um, cultural and spiritual things um, uh, documents out there and whatnot that talk about like hair being sort of uh, an extension of the nervous system and an antenna. That's how I feel about my pubic hair. (laughs) (laughs) But interestingly, so Wikipedia, actually, this is really funny. So Wikipedia actually, here, let me know what I wrote it down. No, but they talk about, they, well, so they, uh, what did Wikipedia say? It's what I tell all the guys um, that I sleep with. That actually... I'm sensing something. Yeah, it's about my nervous system. It's going to no, have to stay. Oh, wait, no. Here, no, it was this article. It was this article. Um, that actually that hair was a contributing factor. This is the conclusion. Um, con- cutting hair is a contributing factor to unawareness of environmental distress in local ecosystems. I now, find it... Hold on, this gets okay. better. Hold on. It also is a contributing factor to insensitivity in relationships of all kinds. It contributes to sexual frustration. What? So, this is okay. No, okay. no, I think it's really interesting. Well, this I, is interesting. It makes That's me think what, about I how think about the men instinctively, but wait, instinctively, I've always hated it when guys cut their hair too short. And I and I also I think about it's like a turnoff, and women in general feel that way. I, I consistently I was just say I don't like a guy who has long hair. Really? Well, I don't necessarily like really long hair, but I'm yeah. talking. You know when when yeah, a guy like has a cute curls totally. yeah, or like yeah, nice yeah. little I locks, and then he yeah. gets this like shorn, yeah, super yeah, short. Yeah, yeah. It, it's because because I I think about the article more in this like physical sobering right i mean it is austerity to have a head shaved i mean it prevents lice it prevents right like all these things that in in high high stress situations you cut the hair to prevent illness or or sickness in these ways sure, in, right in so sort of poverty or poor situations yeah or poor environment situations right so so i can see how symbolically that that all ties together mm-hmm. that well, it is a literal representation of distress yeah and then also like i mean if you like all throughout history long thick hair represents uh wealth and health and yeah, you know right. the biologists say that you know it's an indicator of health and reproductive that's true you know, like blah, blah, animals blah. i mean you have a you know my friend's cat cat at home the fur's falling out you know it's, it's almost like if your hair is falling out or you're having issues with it you know something's wrong and then also that slavery and prisoners like think about and then and then a lot shave, of a lot of it, cultures yeah. you're shamed by shaving your yeah. head you know and getting your hair taken off so that's another element to this you know post-trump yeah. thing that i was thinking about like I know I made a joke I, about the pubic hair, but I mean, I kind of joke, but because I, I meant it. But <laughs> uh, but I, I also it makes me think of, OK, men cutting their hair short. But then I also thought about circumcision and just, again, this sort of cutting back of something that's natural mm-hmm. to your body. I don't know. It's right. I saw the parallel and, and it's <laughs> but but again, I mean, the same thing where it, to cut the, the foreskin reduces yeah. sensitivity right in your penis. And so, again, all these sort of actions that. Are, are pulling back on your sensitivity and your presence. Um, and I, we talk a lot about it in American yeah. culture, you know, the repression, puritanical ideas of, you know, show less, don't, don't actually 
don't enhance your senses. I mean, it's the literal negation of your sensuality. I kind of want to do a study. I mean, not me, but someone please do a study with modern (laughs) men. Like, like, I think it's really interesting that what if hair like, okay, I mean, I know this is very woo woo and whatnot, but what if hair is related to a lack of sensitivity of our environment, not even just our like our like our actual earth, like mother nature environment, but like our relationships to our women. Men are known for being less intuitive. Well, when men... And they love women who have... A lot of men love love the long hair. The long hair and... Right, like maybe it's actually more of a biological... Well, that's interesting. I have always loved men with long hair. Well, and I get so annoyed when they don't know how to touch your hair, right? We talk about this, like the rubbing your head during sex kind of a thing. I bet yeah. they, or they I like bet they fumble all the time with your, your long curls. hair. I'm like, I know. Fuck, I just curled it. <laughs> I think I, I just put all this effort. Yeah, I don't need to <laughs> brush out my curls. Oh, well, I meant more almost like the technique of not really massaging your head in a way that, right? Like I was thinking more, right, right. I find they end up like tangling my hair more and I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this idea so of, like, just don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, but, but there's almost like a fundamental, you know, training missing, yeah. which is what a pleasure to have your hair touch, right? It just goes back to insensitivity and like a lack of kind of sensitivity awareness well and this worries me that if women are lopping their hair off after trump there's gonna be well well a lot a lot is worrying well, us thank god. Uh, <laughs> thank god hair grows back yes well it grows back but this goes back to my point in the, at the top of the show about sim- symbolism and yeah. you know it is representing distress i mean they're they're highlighting their um anxiety in a mm-hmm. physical way and oh. Well, you know, and well, I also thought it was interesting how Melania is is kind of this prototype of like what is culturally considered beautiful, um, you know, thin, but still has a curve and has long hair and presumably some plastic surgery. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, so it's just sort of what are what does she say? You know, what is she symbolically representing as the ideal feminine? And the first lady does become a symbol, a public symbol of what's acceptable. So I think a lot of alarms went off for women who live in the sensitive zone of D.C. I mean, it's literally like being in the in the nervous, you know, if you press buttons, you're like, like you're living there. D.C. women and putting them in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and slowly you change. I think it's funny yeah. that now I have bleached hair and, you know, I'm wearing yeah. the red lipstick and all. And I go, God, I, I, L.A. hasn't impacted me at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me just say one last thing. because I thought this was interesting. Um, but Wikipedia, um, not that it's God, but Wikipedia says that um, it mentioned that cut hair in men many cultures uh what did i say oh cut hair in many cultures is viewed as being under society's control mm. hence the military prisoners wow. yeah things right. like that so that's, that's another really interesting, interesting yeah. factor i think when i was a kid i also had desires to have short i had short hair for many years as a kid but also um i always found like shaving my head attractive in a weird way and i think it was coming from a place of defiance as a young woman. Um, I mean, I had a lot of like emotional issues, like parents divorce and all that. And I, but I, I think it in this discussion, I've never thought about it, but it's like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not reactionary. I'm not in a reactionary emotional place anymore. And I, and I have longer hair and and I like it and I curl it. Right. (laughs) You know, and, and so it kind of, it does seem to represent, you know, I'm, I'm not distressed and I feel content and I'm able to be myself. Um, and there's no, I mean, at least not yet politically, but I, you know, I'm not as affected by those political changes. I mean, we have the, for us, I mean, we're living on the coastal liberal, you know, culture. I mean, but California I think also is still just, you know, at the core, everybody has their own triggers and their own backstories. And I'm sure that those women who are, who, who reacted that way have gone through something in their life that this has kind of Hit a nerve. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Don't forget to write us at advice at tatalksex.com to uh, join the conversation with our Ask TNA episode at the end of every month. And um, we'll be right back to talk about an article that involves a blowjob cafe. So stay tuned. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. And we're back with TNA Talk Sex. Okay, we're going to jump right in with this article. A blowjob cafe staffed by sex robots is opening in London. Um, I read this. Let's see. Gabe Bergato wrote about it on uh, on Huffington Post. Um, okay. 
sex robots i don't know if everyone's aware i was just chatting with someone he had no idea that sex robots were a thing um they are sex dolls and sex robots are becoming incredibly advanced and people don't realize but like the able the the ability to take sort of molds of porn stars vaginas and penises and then putting them on the market and now there are actually dolls that people can have sex with and then there's virtual reality and sort of all these um simulated sexual experiences with inanimate objects mm-hmm. uh and and i was stunned by the article and i kind of almost didn't know what to do with it like i i wanted to i reacted i speaking of reaction i kind of had a violent reaction to it emotionally mm-hmm. um and i was so angry and felt in that moment very strongly attacked as a woman in a way mm-hmm. because specifically this cafe is um female sex robots dolls yeah, who will provide blowjobs um at a cafe while a man gets mm-hmm. coffee or whatever on his way to work for 60 pounds in London. Yes. Yeah. And I, so, I wondered, I, I, but my immediate thought was, okay, who are these people and what is their mindset in order to want to go to a shop like that? Like I kind of want to approach it from like an empathy standpoint of, I don't know if empathy is right. Well, but let me ask Natasha, yeah, do you think this is a, po- do you think this is a liberated positive thing? Or do you, what no. do you think? <laughs> <laughs> the simple answer. Um, I know when I read the article, I, uh, I also had a strong reaction mostly because, uh, I have in the past dated two people who turned out to be sex addicts and, um, you know, varying degrees, one whose actual vice was sex and others whose actual, whose vice was not sex, but it was um, a masturbation addiction. So it is like wanting to get the blowjob, the handjob, the whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. Did they identify themselves as that or is that um, you? It was, it was eventually discussed. identified okay. as that. I was going to say, like, was there, what was the threshold of saying this is an addiction? Because uh, for the one that was uh, the f- the first one, shall we name them? <laughs> no, I don't mean their real names. Yeah, yeah. I mean the nickname. Uh, crazy and crazier. I don't know. Um, no, the first one who whose whose vice was actual sex. Um, it was when when anything becomes detrimental to a relationship when you're doing something that becomes. Uh, you cannot control yourself and it's hurting the people that you're closest to example a lot of the things that exam if you had a, a blowjob cafe and you were single probably not it's not really hurting anybody but yourself if if you're really doing it to deal with other issues to to yeah cope to, with yes. other problems and usually that's it the right. other part of sex addiction is like they're using it to cope with some other usually it's anxiety it's usually anxiety driven in some form um and uh the first one he was uh you know cheating on me with everybody and their mother went to sex motels when they risk themselves and the people that they're with that they love yeah exactly to pursue whatever their base desires are then that becomes a problem and so it's the same as uh, Mm. any other addiction and the other one because it was a masturbation addiction which is becoming way more common nowadays it's something like my coworkers and i were even discussing um where you know somebody we know is abstaining from that altogether because he grew up he's aware he has an addictive personality which is really important to know but two because he knows like we were talking about it that it's become an epidemic for young people nowadays, especially like young guys. Well, access because, to pornography. Exactly. Yeah. And they start at like 10 years old and it's a dopamine hit. So it's just like any other, you can become addicted to anything. I think but you become like trained. Go, but now that you could like go into the bathroom on your phone. Exactly. You know, like, and, oh, they're, yeah. and they're not like doing I have an urge, it. Gonna go once, hit it. Right. And they're not doing it the once or twice a day. They're the guys who are sitting in their basements doing it the entire day. So wow. once you get to a threshold that like prevents um, productivity it will not just that but you've you have reached your dopamine limit that normal ah. things don't get you off anymore stimulate and which you. is yeah so which is why people start going into deeper kinds of porn then they start doing other things that are you know some people explore other um like it was a, a thing where some guys started getting to trans like trans porn and mm-hmm. then asking themselves am i gay mm-hmm. and therapists have been like well are you into guys? And they're like, no. 
It's like, okay, well, that's because you are, you know, reaching a threshold. The worst part becomes when they start getting ED, which is becoming a common thing for like by the time guys get out of college, they're just jerking off so much that they can't even get it up anymore. Well, I think what scares me is starting at such a young age, you end up sort of building the neural pathways and Mm -hmm. training, you're trained, right, in that way. And the the reason this bothered me so much was because, yeah, the article um, and just the idea of these uh, robots and cafes for this is only because kind of what we talked about off uh, off the show was it's impeding in intimacy and like real human contact and yeah it's and, encouraging and it's like, like the atomization it's of, just the whole of thing people. of like you know guys just sitting again in their basement having these cyber fantasies without actually engaging with real people in real life not knowing hey it's okay for me to be vulnerable to feel to connect with somebody and you know with the two that I'm talking about it was really difficult to you know you think that they're connecting with you but they're not and then when you realize oh shit you haven't been right in it at all it's kind of hard it's heartbreaking you know okay so so for you um with these particular guys for Mm -hmm. like the sort of sex addict guys um you see it as a danger i i could see that let me ask you guys though just to play devil's advocate do do you think that this could be a positive thing in the sense of embracing you know we talk about sexuality being repressed and well this is going to be in london this cafe but uh, do you think it could be a good thing to like normalize getting a blowjob? Good you know? question. And I think, my, sorry, my, no, well, yeah, Natasha, no, I want you to you answer. Go. But it, it it immediately, I had these same thoughts. I thought maybe I'm being closed minded. How could I look at it in a way that's like, what are, are there pros to this or cons? And I mean, frankly, I just came up with cons because I said, you know, it's, it's, not gender neutral, by the way. I think it's driving home a further. I think that's only of, due to technological. Yeah, yeah we haven't <laughs> quite gotten like a, but I think a they're licking. working on it based on from maybe. What I read the article. But as usual, it's you know tar- focused on male um, content and creating catering to the male experience. It is created by a man, I right. will say. Yeah, and and catering to the male experience and alienating uh, the f- the female population, and I think it's also. Um, saying hey you don't need to work on connection and and hey you don't have to even have rejection mm-hmm. but like you know outside of sex rejection happens i mean every day and in so many capacities so it's hindering emotional growth and development i i mean frankly that's, that's i just kept running into that and i thought you know what what could be a positive of it i mean it, you're right a, a positive is um for me, I would like to see more openness of sexuality in general. I mean, we have the show because we want more of, we want it to be okay for people to masturbate, for mm-hmm. people to have sex, for people to enjoy a blowjob yeah. without shame. Um, but, but I don't know I, I think this is, sorry. Well, ahead. actually, no, I know what I want. I know what I wanted to say. I, I think that it is exploiting the vulnerability of people's yearnings. Like, mm-hmm. I'm lonely, I'm not in a relationship, mm-hmm. I, I need touch. So rather than viewing it as something like touch, it's, um, it's, it's making it... Uh, a distraction. Well, but more than that, it's, it's making it formulaic and almost like a business transaction, which is like, oh, I need to get off. It's giving oh. an alternative to what people should be focusing on. Yes, it's, it's, it's focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I guess in this camp, what, it's, it's like the gerbil hitting the button. To get like the it's literally just direct stimulation without any of the other dynamic elements Mm -hmm. that uh, that an orgasm and a sexual experience can bring. Um, I will say that what what immediately jumped out to me as you you were talking to you was that, yeah, it keeps the guys from here's the thing. It's like, well, from a guy's perspective, it's like, oh, great. I can just go and get off. And, you know, I don't have to worry about like her wanting to be in the mood or whatever. (laughs) Oh, that's that's a good point. But here's the thing. It's like. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. It takes effort for you to be able to access a woman. And I talk about this a lot, but it's like, guys, you have to be the sun and women are the flower. And if you learn how to be the sun, her petals will open wide yeah. open for you. But yeah, it, it being this being the sun means you have to really understand what it means to be a, a man and to be that masculine energy and entity for the female and so it's keeping these guys from learning and understanding yeah. what that is well and i think also know? the act of troubleshooting which is hmm, exactly she's not open for it why not 
okay, now I'm going to problem solve the way that I problem solve at my job. And here's the thing. Sometimes the problem, the the problem that needs to be solved is just maybe she just doesn't want it right sure. now. And that's okay. And like guys can't just, and that, or girls can't just expect everybody else to jump at whatever their fucking will and call is to any of this. I, I think the problem with it is the core intention of why people are going. If you're really going because, hey, I'm honest with the person that I'm with and I'm saying to them, Hey, you know what? We have come to this agreement that in our relationship, this is a totally open thing. It's not to overcompensate for an other part of my life that's not fulfilled. Um, yeah. It's not whatever. Then cool, go for it. Do your thing. Because then it's not hurting yourself or anybody else. But most of the time, the people who are going there, even when you read in the article, the guy was like, I was stressed out. So he he went, the the one that the, the experience um written in the article was about a guy who just said that he was trying it because he was stressed out. People who have anxiety issues, people who aren't dealing with the fact that, example, they've been sexually abused when they were young and have intimacy issues. And all these like way deeper things that people aren't addressing, which is what's keeping them from core intimacy with anybody else. They're just filling a need. Yeah, the Band-Aid fight. Not really. Right. I I would would argue that I don't feel like it would be good in any case, to be honest, because even like, okay, even if it's like, I mean, you could say the same thing with prostitution, guys do go see prostitutes and whatnot in it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, those guys, they come and it's like, yeah, I'm stressed and whatever. And yeah, having an orgasm helps. But having that, again, without any kind of humanity, I feel like it's just, it's like literally wiring your brain Mm -hmm. for lack of connection even further Mm -hmm. And there's something about not having even the electrical human touch that uh, is magical. It reminds me of her. Yeah. You know, part of me. Although that was more emotional. So even that I feel is healthier than this. But but still just this like crazy how people can just have relationship with technology now. So like that's not, it's a robot. What do we. (laughs) But rather than even, I mean, it also speaks to how fragile the human experiences yeah. like how easily we can be manipulated or adapted and I think being cautious of that mm-hmm. I mean part of me goes oh well there's the novelty factor like I would try that once or yeah. think it was interesting but then I go yeah but yeah like only as a novelty here's it but yes because I, mean, I think you have control over your animal body exactly, and yeah. for me like I see humans as like we have an animal body and there's another part of us whatever you yeah. want to call it like your conscious your intelligence your soul whatever mm-hmm. And if you, you can, pro- that animal body is a fucking computer. Mm-hmm. Like you can totally program it. And yeah, like going and getting a blowjob at a cafe by a robot mm-hmm. is going to make it feel good, you know, but like what part of yourself do you really want to feed? Can I say it reminds me of um, that. Ar- so someone named Paul wrote us about vibrators <laughs> uh, oh, and yes. being, he was very upset about an episode where we, well, where he, he misinterpreted. Well, he, he felt that we were advocating for the use of vibrators. Mm-hmm. Well, that we were saying that you could only orgasm with a vibrator. Maybe during anal sex I don't remember anymore no, but he, he misinterpreted <laughs> okay but yeah um and I but it may but talking about this right now I go well is that not some sort of robotic assistance for women mm-hmm. to come and I, I do actually think that if and we had someone else write in about how she was using all the vibrators and kind of going numb <laughs> when she was having sex mm-hmm. with her partner and um and uh I found that he uh that that there there is an issue I mean if you are I think it's using the same only issue. vibrators. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the same. Well, and issue. I also thought about what he, what Paul had said in his letter about numbing the clitoris, and how if you're vibe, if you're using it to masturbate, and or or even during sex, and it and it's aggressive contact immediately, mm-hmm. it's going to numb it and make it harder for you to come yeah. from just hand contact. And I thought he's right, but he's right, but also like he doesn't have a clitoris, so he can't really say. No, well, I thought about again. I I would say that I use vibrating toys as like a novelty item as well. Mm-hmm. It's not an, a go to. It's not regular. And also, when I um, I think about if if I had started using a vibrator when I was very young, I might have a problem masturbating during. Right. I might have a problem orgasming during mm-hmm. sex with a man now, and I don't. I didn't start using a vibrator until college, and after. And I think the first time I used it was after I'd become sexually active mm-hmm. with a man. So. Um, I, or, you know, with another person, I should say, right. Like that, that, so I, I learned kind of an organic stimulation from a partner and then I added this as like a fun play. So I, I wondered about, you know, maybe, maybe it's, you know, you can't use a vibrator until you're 18 cause you're wiring your brain right during before that. I mean, I think it's putting a lot of, go ahead. No, no, please. Go ahead. 
I think it's putting a lot. Yeah, it takes a responsible person, a yes, responsible person exactly to be able to keep that in balance. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think everything, <laughs> How do we it, there's, there's a pro and a con to everything. Like even these cafes, if I'm really playing devil's advocate, I'm like, hey, may, I'm sure that there are people out there who have some disease they're dis- they they have a disability they have something where you know they really can't get some if, human contact if they wanted to then maybe this is the alternative for them to still have some experience and some release so i get it um i just think that the intention uh, is dangerous matters. and and what bothers me more is like the overall uh, exploitation of you know, females for the the money and men for sexuality, and yeah. you know, like they're mm-hmm. like the the whole world is constantly playing us for these two things, like all these female prostitutes who are just being roped into this because they aren't put in strong positions where you know they could feel like they can stand on their own two feet in any other way, so they do the thing that leads them to the most money and stability. And for men, we play the you know sexual gratification like instant more just get a girl the whole you know and so like we play these like Uh. things for for our genders and that bothers me you know about this well the only redeeming thing it does feel like the only thing well go ahead sorry i was gonna say is that he he, they did keep the price at 60 pounds yeah yeah, (laughs) so affordable well because they said we didn't want to cut in on the market for the female prostitutes in london which i have to say is no coming from the industry thank you because that's bullshit like like it's a problem when women undercut totally you know it's like and then you get guys that call and it's like will you charge what and it's like grow the fuck up yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) value your shit Mm -hmm. you know so i I will say you know kudos to him for that it's it's complicated i mean it's it's also the future in a sense technology's coming so how do we oh god well how do we fortify ourselves as humans i mean how do we make ourselves the best the best and most balanced evolved versions of ourselves so that we we don't lose control i think we go back to community so that we have smaller communities so we can actually have human connection yeah yeah just get in touch with yourself it's it's not you're not that scary just like if you're scared (laughs) of yourself like what do we you know what i mean yeah, well, you, then you have nothing. Yeah. You have to start like, You have to start people there. People just need to learn to be okay. I would yeah. like to see it happen well in our school systems. We should end on that. Yeah, people on that need, note. People need to learn to be okay. <laughs> no, but, well, <laughs> sorry, Tasha I just... Tendel. Yeah, I, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's the school systems. I think it's taking responsibility oh my God, it's, for it's human like, development. Yes, yeah. and this is a rabbit hole conversation which I know. we don't have time for right now. No, we're, we're actually saying goodnight and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Natasha, thank you for coming Thank you guys for having me. Yes, thank you. Intense conversation. Oh my God. deep convos. So you can... we can. We can listen to your podcast, Kind of Dating. On you can yeah. find tell it on us iTunes. a little bit about Kind of Dating. Uh, it's a comedy dating podcast where we um, have awesome guests like yourself on the show, Woo. and we break down one dating topic, and uh, we try to figure out why the fuck we all have commitment issues. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the one we did was chemistry. Otherwise, we do things like first dates, and um, it's usually more on the dating level versus right. the the sexual level because my mom listens to the show, and I'm Indian, and she's gonna disown me. <laughs> So yeah. Okay, so everybody go check her stuff out. We had so much fun on her show. Um love love your stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. I love you guys. You guys are so Thank great. You. Oh, so, feeling the yeah, love. You give real real great insight into a lot of interesting topics in the kind of sexual world that some of us really are scared to discuss. So it's awesome. Thank yeah, you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, yeah. everyone write us at advice at tatalksex.com if you are uh, if you have any questions or thoughts even about the the show topic and we will discuss it at the end of the month. And um and Stephanie, I'm going to Europe. Come right. with me. <laughs> so uh, follow me at stephanieallen.com. Y'all my follow stuff is uh, on there. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have been listening to episode 128 of TNA Talk Sex. I'm T and I'm A. E. <laughs>